Welcome to the Miracle Channel podcast. Here, you'll find powerful messages from world-renowned pastors each and every week. This month, we're celebrating Christmas at Miracle Channel, which means you'll hear timely messages on joy, peace, generosity, and more to get you in the holiday spirit this December. And if you'd like to watch messages from your favorite speakers instead of listen, check out our online streaming service, Corco Plus. Follow the link in our show notes to create a free account in three simple steps. Today on the podcast, you'll hear a message from Joel Vardy. Joel Vardy is the son of Dennis and Leslie Vardy, founders of Celebration Church in Edmonton, Alberta. He serves as an assistant pastor at Celebration and is dedicated to its mission of being a church for the unchurched. Now, let's dive into the message. This world desperately needed a savior. We needed a savior and God gave us a child. A child. Being a child has an interesting tension to it. And uh, it's, it's, it's just an interesting season of our lives. There's a, a tension you live in as a child where you start to sort of, as you get older, you start to pick up on things and you start to think that you can actually do things better than your parents are doing them. And you, you start to think that you're, you're smarter than them. You, you start to sort of think, I don't know if they're doing everything right. Uh, there's this, this tension you live in as a kid. And I, I think there was a tension that Jesus lived in, knowing that he was the savior of the world, knowing that uh, what was in him was the power to raise the dead. And, and, and what was in him uh, was just like so many miracles that were, that were possible um, through him. And there was this tension knowing that he needed to grow into that. You know, the longer that you know God, you can kind of slip into these tendencies um, to forget how great he is and how powerful he is. And you can almost sort of forget to see where he can work in your life. And it's like getting, uh, it's like getting a new toy or a new car or even a new baby. Um, you, you get these things at the start. They, they, they're like, oh, they're so precious to you. Not that the baby ever isn't precious to you. But um, you, let's, you get this new car. And you're like, no one can drive this thing. And no one can eat in this thing. And no one can even look at this thing because I have to protect it. It's my new baby. I have to take so much care of it. But after a while, you're just like, ah, whatever. It's just, you know, start ramming shopping carts when you're pulling into the stalls and whatever. It's old. I'm, I'm used to it once it gets a couple scratches. Um, the same with kids. I watch this. With my son, he gets, it's all about the new toy. It's never about his best toy. It's about the new toy because he's not familiar with it anymore yet. And, and so it's, he's all about it. And after time, it goes and it sits on a shelf and it doesn't do much anymore. And I think we can kind of do that with God too. At the start, uh, it's, it's super interesting. We're super into it. And after a while, we sort of start to lose that. And we, we, at the start, we're like, God is doing so many things in my life. And as time goes on, we can feel like, God, where are you? Are you, are you moving? And he sort of starts to sit on a shelf sometimes if we're not careful. And there's a kind of a frustration with him where we go through life and we're like, God, I, I thought you were going to do Something. I thought you were going to move in a certain way. I thought you were going to respond to different situations in a certain way, yet you're not doing that. Um, I think that this nutcracker, did you guys like, I decorated the stage today. There wasn't enough Christmas decoration on it, so I brought this. Um, can you see this online? I hope you can see this. 
But I remember this nutcracker, this, this guy who was like kind of like a, uh, an uncle to me had uh, one of these in his house. And I remember this nutcracker sitting there and thinking, man, that's so cool. And I, I just always wanted to use it. And, you know, uh, one day I finally was like, okay, I'm going to try this nutcracker. And I went to use it and it didn't respond how I thought it was going to. Mean, this one, I can't even get the, the nut into this cracker's cracker. And, uh, you know, we, we think God's going to work this way. We, we see him and we, we've sort of been familiar with him in our lives. And we, you said you're a nutcracker, but you're not working. And, and so what happens is we go through life and some, some tough things happen. And we expect that God's going to help us get through these, these, these hard things. And we expect him to work in a certain way because the way that we viewed him, the way that we've seen him, we were expecting him to do things a certain way. This is how we've expected him to do it our whole lives. And he's not doing it. What is going on? And I remember trying that thing as a kid and being like, why doesn't that thing work? What's the point of this thing? Is it just that it looks nice? Like, do they actually, does some of them work? Like, what is going on? And I remember seeing this guy who's kind of like an uncle to me one night and he's sitting there and he's chilling with a set of these. And he's just going like crazy through these nuts. And he's like, like flying through these things and eating them like crazy. And I'm like, oh, there's actually a different way that we're supposed to get what we're asking for. And I think that this, for a lot of us, this is what's happening with God in our lives. We are expecting him to do a certain thing. We're expecting him to respond a certain way. We're expecting him to be this person that we've, we've built up in our heads about, but, but maybe he's trying to do things in our life in a different way. It's not so flashy, doesn't preach as nice, doesn't look as good on a shelf. You know, Christmas time, we don't decorate our house with these. Uh, we, we don't put these things up on our shelves. What do we do? We put this, this fancy thing. This is, it's nice to look at. And maybe you feel like God's not doing something in your life because you're expecting him to do it a certain way when he's trying to show you something else. And so, and this is, in this time of uncertainty, we must cling to the one person who actually knows what the future looks like, and that's God. And God sent us this son, and he gives us four characteristics. He, he prophesies through Isaiah these four uh, characteristics of his son. I want to walk you through this morning. A wonderful counselor. Jesus was and is the ultimate source of wisdom. Everything we need to know about God, we can find in Jesus. And, and that's one of the things I love about the Bible. You know, my Bible has about a thousand pages in it. But uh, they're so uh, particular in putting this thing together because there is 100 pages in here in a row called the Gospels and that are all dedicated to showing us Jesus' life, what he did and who he was. There's a concentrated spot that I can go to and find out about God through his son, Jesus, and what he did on this earth. He was and he is the ultimate source of wisdom. And, and so this supernatural counselor, this wonderful counselor, wonderful can be translated to supernatural. And counselor can be translated to a confident advisor. For us, the problem is we come to the, uh, the counselor, that we come to the advisor with a lot of answers instead of a lot of questions. And so we come to this sort of idea of God and, and how we think God should move. And, and, and we sort of say, okay, I want this to happen. I want that to happen. This is going on. I need you to answer it in this way. 
But really good counselors, really good counselors, they ask a lot of questions and they ask, really, they, they ask you questions to lead you to the answer instead of giving you the answer. So that you would actually, really good teachers do this too. They ask you questions. I remember my mom homeschooling us. She used to do this to us. She used to drive me crazy. Mom, just tell me how to spell it. Don't make me sound it out. Um, but uh, we, we need this to come to this wonderful counselor with questions, with curiosity, bringing him our questions and asking him more instead of telling him. I think sometimes we come to God saying, this is how I want things to be. God's like, I got a, another plan. And I know that thing you're going through is hard and I know you're frustrated. And you're trying to do it on your own. And you're trying to bring it to what you, you thought I, I should do. But I need you to trust me because I got something that's a lot easier than the way you want to do it. The Bible says we have a wonderful counselor, but am I, am I going to allow him to be a wonderful counselor? And then it says he's a mighty God. He's a mighty God. You know, we cannot seek the presence of God alone. The presence of God is, is what we often feel when we're in moments of worship. The presence of God is, is what we'll feel sometimes in prayer. The presence of God is what we'll feel when we're kind of seeking him on our own. But we, we cannot alone seek the presence of God. I know that makes us feel good and we enjoy it. We have to seek the power of God as well. He is a mighty God, so we don't just need the presence of God working in our lives. We need the power of God as well, because God can do what no one else can do. Let's look at something that Jesus said in John chapter 14, 12. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works will he do because I'm going to the Father, or we do. Greater works we will do then Jesus, what does that verse mean? Well, I think of when you, when you think of the power of God, what, what uh, comes to mind? When I think, I, I think when I often think of the power of God, what comes to mind is like physical miracles, like someone being healed of something. Uh, when I think of the power of God, I think of, you know, uh, some miraculous thing that makes people go, <gasps> you know what I'm talking about? Okay, so you've seen this before and, and there's a, a tension that we live in where we know God is mighty, but we feel like I haven't seen God do anything in a while. I know God wants to do stuff, but I haven't seen him do stuff in a while. And most people assume that in, in John chapter 12, Jesus was talking about physical miracles and healing. But was that really what Jesus was talking about in this verse? He says we'll do greater things than he did. But do we see people uh, feeding 10,000 instead of 5,000? Do we see people doing greater miracles than Jesus? Hmm. Why is that? Well, was Jesus really talking about miracles in this verse? Now, I think that miracles are awesome. They, they should be a priority for us, but it shouldn't be the only thing we seek uh, when we seek a mighty God. Because in uh, Acts chapter 2, so Jesus fed 5,000. I mentioned that earlier. But in Acts chapter 2, Peter had 3,000 converts from one message. So 3,000 people got saved and baptized in one message. I want to ask you this morning, what's the greater miracle? Jesus giving 5,000 people lunch 
or Peter getting 5,000 people restored to God that day. So when we hear a verse like this, we, we're thinking, oh, I, I want to see more miracles happen. And we should have a desire for that. But what if Jesus was talking about conversions, not miracles? So th- that being said, the power of God can work in our lives when we have a desire to restore people back to God. So miracles are important, but the conversion of souls is something that is so powerful that God's power works through the conversion of souls as well. We have to ask ourselves, what's God's priority for our lives? And continue to do what Jesus said we could do. And and Jesus said we'd do greater things. So what does greater works really mean? I think a greater work, uh, to give you an example, is tonight, you could go home and you could record in just a few minutes, you could record a five-minute video of, of just how God has moved, a personal video in your life. And you could send it out and all your friends and family could hear about the gospel from your point of view like that. Talk about greater works. Man, we could do greater works like that. We have access to so much because of the time we live in. And it's crazy that we have this access to be able to do this thing. If you want to go deeper in your relationship with Jesus, I hear people say this all the time. I just want to go deeper in my walk with God. If you, if you want to go deeper, a lot of times what they're saying is they, they want more knowledge and more knowledge is great. It's good to have that. But if you want to go the deepest, if you, the deepest thing you could do for God is love someone who's far from him. Love people. Who, if you want to see miracles happen in your life, step out of your comfort zone and, and, and just go in and spend extra time with the people in your life who are far from God. Don't limit greater things to physical miracles and healings. Obviously, we want to see those things happen too. But we can reach so many more people than Jesus did. So our measure has to change. Because when someone's heart changes, when salvation happens, that's a miracle. In Luke 15, if you've been around the Bible or church for a while, you've heard this. It's quite a common verse, but... Uh, I think it's such a good reminder and actually is really the the vision for our church. And and it's really needs to be, I think, the vision for a lot of people's lives in Luke 15. Jesus says, um, Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country to go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and he goes home. Then he calls his friends and his neighbors together and he says, rejoice with me for I have found my lost sheep. Then this is Jesus's words. He says, I tell you in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Jesus is showing us his heart, which shows us the heart of God. That all oh, the people that God has placed in our lives that are far from him, that we, we want to see the power of God work. The power of God can work when we go and we chase after those people. And, and maybe this isn't what we thought the power, the power of God would work in our lives. But if we would go and chase after and love those people and not just trying to like convince people to come to church in an awkward way, like come to church with me, I swear it won't be weird. No, like, but just loving those people because God loves them so much. You'll see the power of God move in your life like you didn't expect it to move. Such a perfect example of the 
the heart of God. Talk about going deeper, and certainly we can gain more knowledge, but the deepest thing you can do is love somebody who's far from God. That's who he loves. So many people in your life that need the hope that you have. And they're looking for love in so many other things, yet you have the answer for what they're looking for. The power of God can happen when a life change, heart change happens. That's the power of God working in your life. When you help somebody come and find him, let's not sit back and think, oh, there's certain people that do miracles. No, we're all able to do miracles. And yes, sometimes we'll see physical miracles happen. That's amazing. We've got to cling to the authority of, the, of God, that the mighty God can work in my life. And then Isaiah says, he's the everlasting father. We're so glad you tuned into the podcast today. Here at Miracle Channel, our mission has always stayed the same, to reach every home in Canada with the truth about Jesus. But Miracle Channel's reach goes far beyond this podcast. Through our TV broadcasts, daily devotional, streaming service, and multiple podcasts, thousands of people like you are growing closer to Jesus every day. Learn more about Miracle Channel and download our resources by clicking the link in our show notes. We hope that you are blessed by this teaching today, and we want to say thank you for listening to the Miracle Channel podcast. Christmas is not just a reminder that God sent his son. It's a reminder that we are his sons and daughters. But maybe you're thinking today, what in the Trinity, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that Jesus is the son. How can he be the everlasting father? Everything that God is, Jesus also is. So what's so great about the Gospels is we can find out about God by seeing what Jesus did. Jesus perfectly reveals to us who God is. And so if you're feeling confused about the nature of God, that kind of thing, you can go to those Gospels and know everything Jesus is, God is. Jesus said, if you've seen, the, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And a, a beautiful thing that he says in John chapter 1 is, Yet to all who did receive him, those who believed in his name, he gave the right. So he gives us, if you believe in his name, he gave us the right to become children of God. Now, I just want to talk to the dads for a second. Dads, with your white, crispy, new balance shoes, ready to barbecue after church, come talk to me for a moment. I wish I was wearing those crispy boys. Um, talk to me for a sec. This is why... Man, this is, this is why your role is so important, dads. Because yes, mom does 90% of the parenting. We know that. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but your role is so important because earthly fathers can mess up a view of who a father should be. And so when we are leading our children, your actions aren't just telling them things about you. They're telling them things about God. And sometimes we can, I've seen people get some father issues in their heart and it messes up their view of God. And so this is why, our, man, our role is so important as dads. The everlasting father. There is a tension in being a child um, because we have certain privileges as children. And... Uh, so if he's my everlasting father, that means I have spiritual nepotism. It means I have favor from God in my life. It means that everybody else has a disadvantage as to what we have. You know, I, I love that when I was used to, 
make sales back in the day, I used to think, oh God, I know. Sometimes I used to go to work in the morning and say, God, I know I have an unfair advantage over these other salesmen. (laughs) I know I'm going to answer the right call and get connected to the right person. And because I have an unfair advantage as being your son. I would actually ask the Holy Spirit to lead me some days at work. Leveraging the Holy Spirit to make money. What is wrong with me? Um, But we have an unfair advantage that we should lean into. That we actually have advantages in the world that other people don't have. Because of the spiritual nepotism that happens in us. I'll I'll explain it this way. It might make it easier for you. Um, I have a favorite bakery in the city. It's called Breadland. And, uh, and it, it's, it just, it's manna from heaven, this bread. I'm telling you, it, it melts in your mouth. Like uh, yesterday I went there and I had a cruffin. Have you ever heard of a cruffin? It was the most incredible pastry I've ever tasted in my life. My mouth is watering just thinking about this cruffin. And when I go to this bakery, everybody else wants to get what this bakery has. And so people come and they, and they line up. And, and when I go... I, I, like everybody else, have to line up and have to wait because you want to get in on this, what this bakery has. So we all want this thing and we all line up. We have to wait our turn and then we wait for somebody to serve us and, and we ask for what we want at that bakery and then they, then they give it to us, but then we have to pay for it as well. And, and so there's certain privileges that I don't have, but because I, I'm just like everybody else. But when you are a son, When the son of that baker walks into that building, he can walk behind the counter. He can take what he wants because he's the son of the baker. He has privileges that I don't have. And this is what we have in our father God. We get privileges from him that other people are just not picking up on. There's access to it for everyone. But when we have an everlasting father, there's certain things that we get that we just have privilege to that other people don't get. And as we have these privileges, we then can show God that he can trust us. And and as we show him he can trust us, he he opens the door for us and and gives us access to more. And and so um, when my son listens to me for once, I actually am able, like I actually want to do what he wants me to do, right? I actually want to give him what he's asking for, because I know I can trust him with that. And as the baker's son walks into that bakery, if he wants to have more authority in that place, if he, if he wants to maybe take it over someday, he has to show the father that the father can trust him with that place. And so when we obey God, when we actually listen to him, when we're not just using him like an ATM for what we want, what we maybe thought he would, he would be to us, we actually lean in and go, okay, what does this really look like? How do I be obedient to God? How do I submit to his ways? Um, he will open the doors for us. I want to show it to you in this way. In John chapter 14, it says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. This verse doesn't teach us about works religion, but that someone who believes and obeys God's word will be loved by God. And it takes faith to obey his words sometimes. It takes faith to stand on, okay, God, I I know your promises in the Bible. I I know what you're saying to me for my life. I know I hear what my my leaders are saying. I hear what the godly authority is saying in my life. It's going to take some faith to do that and to obey. But love happens as we obey God's word. And faith results in obedience. 
It's easy to pick and choose what, how, who, and how you want God to be in your life. But sometimes you got to lean back and go, okay, maybe it's not that. And maybe you got to look at, okay, maybe he's trying to do something else through me. And, and loving obedience is best for all God's children. Because disobedience creates disconnection. Disobedience has disconnection tied to it. And so sometimes we can be sitting there going, God, I, I want you to do a certain thing a certain way. I, this is who I thought you were. But when then we're living in these lives of disobedience, wondering why there's no connection and we're not seeing God move. And Jesus said this in John chapter 15, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I've kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Love is directly tied to obedience. And it can be, it takes faith sometimes to obey. It takes faith to tithe when you know that things are tough. Like it does. It, 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 it takes faith when you're like, I know I want to use this for something else. It takes faith to come and serve in the middle of a pandemic. But a fulfilling, loving, and amazing relationship comes when we actively obey, even when it's not fun. And Christmas is a time to re-fall in love with our everlasting Father. He's our everlasting father, but are we going to allow him to be that in our lives? And the fourth characteristic of Jesus that Isaiah gives us is that Jesus is the prince of peace. And I love that line in Isaiah that says, of the increase of his peace, there shall be no end. Of the increase of his peace, there shall be no end. And most of the major battles and major difficulties we face are the ones in our minds, not happening around us. It's, it's the, 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 the toughest things are the things that we're going to face in our minds. And we have to develop a, a strength and a reliance on God and then not who maybe we thought God was, but really what God is trying to do in our lives to allow the Prince of Peace to work in our minds. God gave us a Prince. Not just quickly get a scripture in, but meditate on him. Spend time with him. Read books about him. Know his character. Get to know his son, look at his life and build connections with the right people who will keep you on the right track, who'll give your head a shake when you need it. And the tension is that we have a Prince of Peace, but then we go and we create our own peace. And so we go to things like shopping or alcohol or, or control or attention. We go to different things um, that help us uh, keep our own peace. And so we don't even need the Prince of Peace. The problem is that's not perfect peace. That's stuff that just makes us feel happy in a moment. And then we say, I haven't seen God move. Where, where is God? What is God doing right now? We get kind of confused about his nature, but he's, he's there. He wants to do something. He wants to help you through the hard things. Jesus said, don't let your hearts be troubled. In Ephesians, it says he himself is, he is our peace. And we have to take care of our heart. The heart is the center of your personality. You find yourself kind of separating from people or being a little bit jagged. You have to check your heart because it's the center of your personality. What's gone into that? You and I are responsible for the conditions of our heart. And we've got to learn about the Prince of Peace. Bring him with us. 
and take care of what's happening inside. That's the biggest battle we have faced. It's just what is going on in my head at all times. It just always feels like a mess. But I have to come back to the Prince of Peace and know that if my peace decreases, that's not from God. I have to come back to his promises because he says, I don't give as the world gives. If you lean into what the world gives, it, it will mess with your head. He says, I don't give that. And a relationship of peace is marked with love for him and loyalty to him. I don't run around looking for peace in other things and just use Jesus as my last resort. Okay, I'm here on Sunday. Maybe I'll get something out of this, you know. But he's my first choice, the, the place that I run. And in Psalms 29, it says, the Lord gives strength to his people. He blesses us with peace. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to hear more messages from speakers that air on Miracle Channel and Corco. We hope you have a peaceful December and a very joy-filled Christmas.